time was fulfilled and the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. The good news of God's kingdom has come in the person of Jesus Christ who came and made a way through his perfect sacrifice that we are celebrating in this holy week, made a way for us to have citizenship in his kingdom. Earthly kingdoms come and go. Empires rise and fall. A whole lot of shaking going on with the world's governments today, isn't there? But the kingdom of God is eternal. It is here to stay, ruling from his economy, his love and care for mankind provided through a relationship with Jesus Christ. How many are glad to be citizens in that kingdom? can change out who's ruling in the White House every four years, but who's ruling in this house is to be eternal. Amen? We are the house of God, the temple of God. So he's preaching this good news of the reality of God's government. Verse 16, And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your offering. And thank you, Lord, for making us your offering. Thank you, Lord, you were our offering. You became an offering for us so that we might be an offering for you. And Lord, as we hear your word today, we pray that you would transform us and conform us to your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Two Sundays ago, we began a series, a little series on the discipleship journey of Simon Peter, who we're calling Mr. Bar-Jonah, the son of Jonah, one of those who was called to follow the Lord Jesus in the passage we just read. Because he was more vocal than the other of the original 12 apostles, it is easy to glean relevant lessons from Jesus' interaction with him, being the extrovert that he was, for our own walk and journey as the Lord's disciples. Who wants to be a disciple of Jesus? Amen. So we can glean lessons from the things Peter's learning and experiencing in his interaction with the Lord. While Peter's experience was uniquely his own, the valuable things he learned are here in the New Testament to help us in our own discipleship process as Christ is also making men and women of God out of us who are answering the call to follow him. You know, we live in a culture of symbolism, a culture of merit badges, trophies and awards, of goals, not throwing stones at that, just recognizing that. But the Christian walk is a journey. It's a journey. If you've been born again, that's a wonderful thing, but don't stop there. You've began a journey into the kingdom of God. A journey where he makes us. He told them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. He was a fisher of men. Just so happened to be fishing for some fishermen right there. So he used the analogy of what they were doing for a living to get across to them. Um, Fish for men. Uh, If it was a hunter, he could have said, follow me and I'll make you a hunter of men. Uh, Because he was here to hunt for the souls of men. Let's watch this video. To get a grasp of the risk Jesus took in coming to earth and making disciples out of these guys. 
just want to declare that I'm preaching to everyone today, to the person who's been following the Lord for decades. I'm preaching to you. For the person who's not yet began to follow the Lord, I'm preaching to you. And for the person that has tried and gotten off track and feels like it's too late and you're just going to get to heaven by the skin of your teeth, I'm preaching to you because these guys got off track many times and the Lord knew they were before he ever called them because he knows what's in the hearts of men, does he not? And he called them anyway. So the Lord hasn't been surprised by anything in your life. He's calling you. His call has not changed. He's calling you to follow him. Following Jesus, we're going to review nine things I preached last Sunday without looking at the verses. Following Jesus does not mean that he will coddle us. Sometimes he calls us to do things that are tough, difficult. Following Jesus means everything is about him and not us. I was reading a report yesterday from some universities that are concerned that today's college students has a large percentage of them being what would be called narcissists, that is, totally self-centered people. Sociologists and and psychologists are struggling with what caused this, and they realize that back in the 80s, they began to preach self-esteem real strong in the public schools, and little songs like, uh, who who remembers Farajaka? They changed the words to it, I am special, I am special, yes, I am, yes, I am. So now they have these university campuses, high percentage of them filled with little princes and little princesses that think the world revolves around them. Maybe you're raised in a surrounding that puts you down. That's not good. But it's also not good for us to inflate the egos of our children and give them a distorted view of reality so they're confused their whole life because they have a warped view of reality. When you become a disciple, it means everything is about him and not us. We looked at the story of Peter walking on the water. When they got back at the boat, everybody marveled at Jesus. And there he is shivering cold, maybe sitting in the bow or the stern of the boat, wet, not knowing that we're going to be reading about him centuries later, but not getting much attention because it's all about Jesus. Peter walked a little bit, but the Lord had to rescue him. So the disciples weren't as impressed with, as with Jesus because everything's about him and not us. Following Jesus includes receiving correction. We won't talk about any of these. We'll just highlight them. Uh, following Jesus includes talking less and listening more. Peter talked a whole lot. And um, that doesn't mean the other disciples were listening. They were talking too, probably inside their heads and in their hearts. And uh, Peter just helped make things easier for them to hear the truth without them getting the rebuke. Following Jesus includes hearing what we do not want to hear. Following Jesus will test our loyalty to him. It will bring us to an end of ourselves. It will expose the reality of our weakness. He will call you to do things that are utterly impossible for you to do without his help. Absolutely. Following Jesus will stretch us beyond our natural abilities. Let's look at one passage that demonstrates this before we get on into today's sermon. In Matthew 8, 21, it says, another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus is radical. He said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. It's pretty tough. 
Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. All right? He's going to go to a funeral, but we're going to follow Jesus. Okay? And suddenly, <laughs> a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and woke him and saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. He wakes up, calms the sea, and calms the disciples and rebukes them. Oh, you of little faith. Following Jesus takes us beyond our natural abilities to where we have to live by faith. If you're truly going to follow Jesus, there will be a time in your life when you will have to live by faith. Amen. The first point for today's sermon is failing at following Jesus does not surprise him. Can we say that together? Failing at following Jesus does not surprise him. It surprises us, but he's not surprised by it. Matthew 26 says, Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. So he knew they were going to stumble. He wasn't surprised when they did. He told them we were going to stumble. They were surprised that they were going to do that and said they weren't. And then when they did, they were surprised. But he was not surprised. And he set it up an appointment. Hey, I'm going to Galilee. We're going to have a meeting there. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said, to him or surely i say to you that this night before the rooster crows you will deny me three times peter said to him even if i have to die with you i will do not i will not deny you and so said all the disciples and that night they all abandoned him and peter not only denied him three times he made an oath saying he never knew him and then he began to cuss to try to convince them that he couldn't have been a a follower of Jesus. Peter was very sad by that when he heard the rooster crow. The Bible says he wept bitterly. The Lord Jesus wasn't surprised. One of the verses says, when the rooster crowed, Jesus looked at him. Was not surprised. Failing at following Jesus does not kill his call. Your call is still there. Get back on track. Luke elaborates more into this conversation with, with Simon Peter. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Man, this is not good news, is it? But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus, you just wrong. You don't know how committed I am. He said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. So here the Lord knows he's going to fail and the Lord still issues his call. When you get back on track, strengthen your brothers. You're fixing to mess up big time. Strengthen your brothers. Maybe you're off track today. I'm calling you to get back on track today and begin to follow Jesus again. And this call is for you too. 
not to run around hanging your head down, but to be a part of encouraging people. You get that? Be a part of encouraging folks. As we encourage others, we're encouraged ourselves. He who waters will himself be watered. Failing at following Jesus does not alter his agenda. Oh boy, blue plan A. Now we got to go to plan B. Plan A is follow me and I will make you what I want you to be. And that plan doesn't change. Because it was from the foundation of the world. God is God. We are not. He does not back off from his agenda to conform us to the image of his son. So Christ has died. He's been buried. Three days later, early Sunday morning, some women were brave enough to go check on the tomb. And here's what happened. They saw the stone rolled away. The guards were like dead men. They were out under the power, I guess. And the angel spoke to them and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly, tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Now, the four Gospels are four different biographies of Jesus told from the viewpoint of four different people. Mark, in relating this story, remembered this part of the story. Go tell his disciples and Peter that Christ is risen from the dead. The Lord sent a personal message to Peter that he's risen from the dead and the Lord is going to meet you in Galilee like he promised. So the women went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Here's 11 turkeys that have failed him. The 12th one betrayed him and then killed himself. Major failure. He permanently derailed himself. Here he is calling them brothers. Hey, remember, I, I want them to meet me in Galilee. So his plan stayed the same. You see that? We're going to meet in Galilee. It's still the same plan. Following Jesus' agenda can resume in spite of our weakness. Look what happened in Galilee. The 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. He obviously had talked to them about this meeting that wasn't even recorded in the Gospels, a specific place where he was going to meet them. When they saw him... They worshipped him, but some doubted. After all they'd been through, they still were morons. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? The Lord rebuke him? No, he just, he, he's just going to trust the kingdom of God into their hands. This is incredible. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, shame on you. No. How could you have done that? No. He said, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. There he is. 
given the Great Commission to guys that had just blown it. They ought to be put on probation or something, shouldn't they? And some of them are still doubting. Remember, we're called to a journey. We're called to a journey. We're given a position. We could never earn the position of righteousness. That's given to us. But we're called to a journey of following Jesus, becoming like him. It's God's responsibility to see that come to pass. Our part is to follow him, pursue him, seek him, rely upon him. So if you're off the tracks, get back on today. Amen. As we continue to follow Jesus, Jesus will continue to call us. Now, Matthew 28 was in Galilee, and that was one of the meetings he had with the disciples. In John 21, there's another meeting that he had with them on the beach. He cooked them some fish. Peter jumped out of the boat and ran to him. Uh, the Lord told him to cast her net out on the other side. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? He busted him with another huge catch of fish. And there on the beach, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? I think he may have been pointing to the fish because Peter had gone back to fishing. He had done that before. So it's been more than once he's gone back to the fish. Do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Peter's desperate to follow him. He jumped out of the boat and ran, swam. He put clothes on before he got in the water. That doesn't make sense, but anyway. And here the Lord issues a call to him to feed my lambs. This word feed is the word from which we get the word pastor. Feed young believers. He said to him again a, Simon, a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Minister to the older people in the church that I'm establishing. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So here, Peter's getting back on track of following the Lord, not going to deny him anymore. And the Lord issues some more working orders for him specifically. A couple months later, on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, now empowered by the Holy Spirit, Peter is a flaming evangelist, literally, <laughs> and feeds the lamb and the sheep truth from the word, revelation from Genesis to Malachi about Jesus and the Holy Spirit and becoming believers. And that day, 3,000 sheep and lambs came in to their citizenship in the kingdom. Peter was following his calling. Another instruction he gave to his disciples in these days was go to Jerusalem and stay there until you're endued with power from on high. As his followers, he wanted them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're Christ's follower, the Lord is calling the same to you and I. 
for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's more than a one-time experience. That's a pursuit for the fullness of God in our life. How many want that? Amen. Following Jesus begins by letting him lead you. Can we say that together? Following Jesus begins by letting him lead you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. The Lord has spoken in his word and his spirit brings that word to life. So the Lord is still speaking through the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if we follow him, that means we're pursuing him or seeking his will, seeking his plan, seeking his word, seeking to hear him, seeking more faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes when God speaks to us, comes by the word of God. So a follower of Christ is one who hears his voice and one who hears his voice is one that's trying to hear his voice. Not getting all weird hearing voices, but trying to gain revelation from God for their life. Learning from older believers and teachers, people who are equipped to equip us in different areas where we need it from the scriptures and through the Holy Spirit. And following Jesus continues by letting him lead you to serve. James 12, Jesus goes on to say, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. You want to serve the Lord? You want to do his purpose? It begins by following him. How many times have I made a priority out of the work of the Lord and it has displaced the Lord of the work? Say that again. How many times... Do we replace the Lord of the work with the work of the Lord? Serving him begins by following him. And if we follow him, he will lead us to serving him. Um, I don't quite understand the concept of monasteries where we just go and sit on rocks for years, punishing ourselves for some reason. Christ never called his disciples to do that. Somehow they got off track. But the Lord, they may have a place for someone to do that for a season, but not their whole life just to become nothing. Christ is everything in us. We become nothing so that he might be everything in us. And Jesus isn't sitting in a dark room by himself. He's out yearning to help humanity. So it continues by letting him lead you to serve. I want to talk to you about 1987. January 7th, 1987. January 21st of 1985, my family and I started a church in Irving, uh, desperate to do the will of God, wanting to do something that I felt I was called to do, but I got ahead of him, not understanding that it's in following him that we begin to serve him. I began to serve him, hoping he would follow me and bless me, and it wasn't working. And uh, after two years, I was desperate for a word from God, so I began pursuing the Lord afresh, praying an hour every day through the Lord's Prayer, focusing on that. And an opportunity came to go to a Bible conference in Dallas at the Dallas Convention Center that was put on or led by the ministry of James Robinson, who's familiar with him. Um, and there I heard some great teaching um, James, one, in one point, declared something I wrote down. God desires to do everything through the church. 
that he did through Jesus. And I thought, yes. And I realized Jesus pursued his father, set time aside with his father to pursue his father's will. I hadn't been doing that. Then I heard a man named Jack Hayford preach. Talked about journeying, journeying beyond ourselves. Went into the story of Jacob and how he became Israel when he got into a wrestling match with God that he could not win and wound up being changed by it, but his hip was out of joint. He never walked the same again. And Jack is always so profound in what he says. He says, the journey beyond yourself is only walked with a limp. There's a reliance upon God when we are out of our comfort zone living by faith. He said it is human nature to follow, fossilize. It is human nature to fossilize and petrify what we know so that we can be self-sufficient. He nailed me between the eyes. I was a very self-sufficient man. And so... After that session, it was lunchtime, and the auditorium cleared. It was the arena there at the convention center. The arena cleared. And I got between those arena seats on the nasty floor and had a prayer meeting. Tears were flowing. I was broken. I'd come to an end of myself. And I prayed this prayer, God... What is your will for my life? See, in my life, I hadn't ran from the will of God. I ran ahead of his will. <laughs> it was for his benefit. He should have been happy about it, right? What is your will for my life? What is my calling? What am I called to do? I'd been afraid to ask him before. Afraid he'd say, you're, you're totally messed up. And this is what he spoke to my heart, and I wrote it down. He spoke this to my heart. You can judge it according to the word. If it lines up with the word, consider it. If it doesn't, eat the meat and spit out the bones. My son, if I answered your prayer with immediate revelation, you would once again set out scheming, working, and planning to bring it to pass. Humble yourself and follow the call to follow me. What is your calling? You are called to follow me. You are a Jesus follower, says the Lord. I got up, still pastor in this little church of 30 people. And I was a Jesus follower. So I began to pursue the Lord afresh, following Him, seeking Him in prayer, trying to hear His voice, gleaning thoughts from His Word, and I began to journal. And it was uh, four months later, the Lord visited again. I said, close this church down. And you all, if you know me very long at all, you know the rest of the story. But it all began here on January the 7th, 1987. Here we are today, April the 5th, 2009. It could be a day of destiny for someone. Have you been trying to live life your own way? Do your own thing? And receiving little fulfillment? Are you truly following Jesus? Oh, it's hard. It's invisible. Yeah, he is invisible, but he has a kingdom. He has systems in place to communicate with us. 
Are you following Him? Oh, I'm running from conference to conference trying to follow Him. Well, that's, that, that's following conferences. Are you following Him? <laughs> I'm running from church to church. That's great. Better than bar to bar. But are you following Jesus? Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I pray in the matchless name that is yours that we would all receive a fresh call to follow you with all of our hearts. All that we're doing, Lord, is for you. But Lord, if it doesn't originate with you, it's just wood, hay, and stubble, stuff that's going to burn up. So Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. In a minute, I'm going to call the ministry team forward and we'll be up here to pray with you about anything in your life. It could be getting back on track with the Lord. It could be a need that you have or a decision you're going to make or desire to follow Jesus for the first time or the millionth time. We're here to pray with you. But I announced something boldly last Sunday, two Sundays ago when I was teaching this series that I said two Sundays from now, I will share something with you that will stop the cycles in your life. If you're on track and off track, on track and off track, and you're tired of it and you want it to change, I will share with you truth that will absolutely put an end to that. I guarantee it. And today is that day. And I got more to share with you, but we're going to end here at this point. I just feel the Lord wanting us to, plus the time's moving on. But at 4 o'clock today, I'm going to be here to teach people how to journal. If you want to learn how to journal, how to hear God speak to you from the Bible, I guarantee you, you will, it will happen for you. We did it in our membership class. We've done it in a men's meeting a couple times. I've done it personally on my own, and it works. Just a neat way to do it. It's a little discipline that if you learn it and you do it for 30 days, if you get away from it, just a few minutes a day, if you ever get away from it, you will miss it. And it will get you on track. You will begin to grow spiritually. Because to grow in Christ, you need more than just Sunday morning. More than just Sunday morning. We need that daily communication with God. The Bible can come alive to you. Give me one hour. If you'll be here at 4, from 4 to 5, at 5 o'clock, you will have learned something and experience something, I guarantee you, that will turn your life around. If you can't make it at four today, let me know, and I'll schedule another Sunday. All right? We do that? Let's stand. Ministry team, if you could come and join me up here at the front. We want to pray for people's needs. I'd like to lead us in a prayer as they're coming. Just repeat after me. Pray this prayer. Oh, God in heaven, I want to follow Jesus with all my heart. I want to grow spiritually and do your will. So help me today as I make a decision 
Help me to make the right one. To follow Jesus.